So, so which one of you guys is going to make a vacuum cleaner joke at some point? <laughs> what for? You didn't like see the Coram, thing about the Connor stallions. Yeah, he's, he's apparently oh, yeah, he was running a vacuum yeah. repair business out of his house, and his HOA got mad. Like, like take you to court, mad. They don't mess around. HOAs, man, you don't mess around with them. That's you true. come into HOA, you best not miss. <laughs> I mean, the dude had like fifty vacuum cleaners on his front. That was porch. a lot of. That was a lot of vacuum cleaners. That was a lot of. I don't. I. I can't imagine what his you know reasoning was for those. It's wild. It's definitely some sort of like you know. I've been watching Breaking Bad. He's definitely putting some sort of like film reels in there or something some sort of like concealment effort <laughs> you know sometimes it's like i don't know what we're going to use for an intro and then it just kind of writes itself Catscorner.com podcast, Catscorner.com, your source for sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of Catscorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin State's in the West End of Richmond, where it is Tuesday, November the 7th. It's election day. Um, the returns are coming in. I'm trying real hard not to pay attention to whatever Dave Washerman just said, um, but I will I will resist because nobody probably cares um, tomorrow on this podcast uh, what happened tonight from the elections. Anyway. All right, so we have we have lots to discuss this evening, right? Virginia's coming off of a um, a, a pretty dis- – I think the word I've been using is disconcerting. 45-17 loss to Georgia Tech. We'll discuss that. We'll also talk about Virginia basketball's home opener, an 80-50 win over Tarleton State, the fighting Tevin Joneses, as I've affectionately referred to them for a while. I'm actually very glad to be – Pass this game because I've misspelled Tarleton like a million ways, and I'm not entirely sure how that's po- possible. Um, anyway, we're going to talk football, and then we'll move over to hoops. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First in Fishersville, board moderator du jour himself, David Spence, is on the show. How's it going, my friend? Pretty good. You know, it's the uh, only night this week I wasn't planning on watching Virginia, so let's talk about it. Who Dave's on the board <laughs> at Who Dave's on Twitter. That's a good point. And then Charlesville, editor-in-chief Justin Ferber is also on this year's program. How's it going, my dude? Very good. I would like to be referred to going forward as Justin Ferber the first. Um, no, that's not how this works. No. Yeah. First I, of his name. I, first of his name. <laughs> King of the Andals and the first man. For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, Leon Bond is now Leon Bond the third. I guess he always was. I was going to say, I think he always official. was. I don't think he just started doing that. When the JPJ guy says it, that's that's his name. So Yeah, he does. At, yeah. <laughs> at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. Cavs going on also on toward Cavs underscore corner. Great place for the in-game updates, the content items, and the occasional witty banter. Yeah, I um I've always had a very staunch like I'm not I don't understand why I've been this way. Maybe 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 uh the scales will fall from my eyes and I will see the error of my ways and I'll start referring to to players this way. But like I just think that like if your dad isn't playing in the game or your son's not playing in the game, right? Like referring to you in Unless your name is like Junior, unless people call you Junior, you know, whatever. I just, I, I don't know. The, the, the third part is going to be 
difficult for me, but you know, it's his name. So you, you don't get to tell people what their names are. Um, all right. Let's three. Right. Oh, that's actually pretty good. Not um, bad, right? Yeah. You, you, we'll have to credit uh, Justin Ferber um, for, for the creation of that. Cause that's the first time I've heard that. Um, also, I'm sorry, but the bond thing, everybody, y'all come on, get your actually matter of fact, get all of the bond puns out of the way now. So we don't have to do this come January or February or when he's a junior. Okay. Because inevitably what's going to happen is he's going to have like some really big game and that's what every national outlet's going to do. And you're all going to hate yourselves for it. So please just let it all go. It's fine. His last name is bond. We get it. James bond is the thing. Congratulations. Let's all accept it and move on. That's my only hope. My only hope. Um, which is pretty good on election night. All right, so let's talk football. Um, again, forty-five seventeen of the. Uh, I mean, it, it probably wasn't that close. Honestly, it didn't feel that close. Um, Cavaliers were up seven and nothing, and then everything just went away real quick. Um, well, I guess it kind of went away before that with with Tony Musket's uh, apparent uh, ankle injury. wasn't able to go. Um, they turned eventually to. Um, Anthony Calandria and I mean that first drive he looked pretty good but it, it really got off the rails Virginia really manhandled at the point of attack uh, Georgia Tech rolls up 514 yards of total offense 305 of it on the ground um, just not a good day UVA 3 of 12 on third down Cavaliers only ran um, 69 plays to Georgia Tech 77 it was a it was a, a molly whopping if there ever was one in the day since Dave you actually went back and rewatched this thing which Credit to you. You're more dedicated than I am. I don't know if Ferber rewatched it, but I can't imagine. Either. Not a chance. <laughs> right. Uh, we, we, we'd like to, you know, to frame these things as like, all right, you've had a few days. Are you as um, distressed by what you saw on Saturday as you were when you left the stadium? How, how are we feeling now several days out? Yeah, I mean, that's the only reason I rewatched it. I was hoping maybe uh, maybe it wasn't as bad when you knew the result. You could just go like, oh, that's why it happened. But um, maybe it's the 24 hours less to think about it compared to a normal week I've had, but no, it just like, I mean, I thought we started the game. Okay. Um, but you know, Georgia is something I kind of talked about last, you know, last podcast, like, you know, this Virginia defense has been playing pretty well recently, but it's, it's been because they haven't been on the field much. And that was not the case Saturday. And you could see it as the game went on. I mean, the defense was competitive to start the game, but lack of depth and injuries mounting during the game. And look, Georgia Tech is way better than they were a year ago. Um, you know, they've got an identity. They're physical. They've got speed. They've got size. Um, you know, they're not a finished product, but they're definitely trending in the right direction. And when they've got a little confidence going at the end of the game, um, you know, Virginia wasn't able to counterpunch, and that was that. You know, they, when you get to a point where you can, like, run the quarterback on a fake toss on third down, um, that's a pretty good place to be as an offense. So, like, it was frustrating. If anything, just makes me wonder if what we saw the last two weeks was the was the blip on the radar, um, and maybe this suggests who Virginia is. But I, I'd like to think that's not it. But that's kind of what it looked like when you watched it again. You know that, not that they're a terrible team. They just don't have depth and, you know, injuries mounted on both sides of the ball worked out for in Georgia Tech's favor. I mean, I think there, 
you know, started off pretty good. Six Virginia had six straight three play drives. You, you can't do that from I think the last drive of the first quarter to the drive in the fourth. They didn't have a drive that lasted longer than three plays, which kept the defense on the field. And as soon as that happened, I mean, Georgia Tech was just, you know, picking their poison. Yeah. I felt Ferber like it was one of those games where the longer it went, the and the more I felt like it, you know, sometimes in games you're you're sort of waiting for the other team to respond, right? You're waiting for the salvos and you're waiting for the adjustments to the adjustments and all that fun stuff, right? But this like this to me felt like one that the longer it went, the more not only just like the the more things sort of stacked, um, in terms of explaining why UVA was not going to be able to turn this thing around, but also sort of encapsulating like all of the various issues at play. Um, and I, and I, today's point about the blip, like that's kind of been where I've been the last like 48 hours, which is like, um, you know, at the time the evidence suggested to me that for the folks who were sort of trying to, um, come to big picture decisions that though that the evidence was there to say you know what you, you still might be right but you're definitely not it's definitely not definitive as of now and this makes me wonder if some of that was um, not smoke and mirrors because that's not the right way to frame it but if it was just kind of a flash in the pan as you look back on it where do you stand on things now yeah I mean I think this is just another data point in the bad column Um it is worth noting, though. I mean, the ma- the losses were definitely mounting for UVA, and they've played teams that are better than Georgia Tech and worse and everywhere in between. Um, and this is the first time they've really had a game like this since the Tennessee game. I mean, obviously, the Maryland game ended up lopsided, but that got a- that was close until the end of the game. Um, this one was just a beatdown that they never really were able to kind of claw their way out, out of after they got down. And, and I... I, there was a time, I think it was 17-7 in the first half, where I told Dave, I was like, I think you can get back in this game because of the way Georgia Tech plays, I mean, they're going to keep it. You're going to be in front of every play. Um, they throw horizontal. Like, if you look at their average depth of target, like, they had one long pass play down the sideline for a touchdown. But other than that, they keep everything in front of you. They're, they're daring you to stop them and, like, you know, put them in third and eight, third and nine. And UVA did that a few times, but you can only come back if you make plays. And UVA just didn't make any. They didn't make any on offense. They didn't make any on defense. And um, frankly, like the way that Georgia Tech ran the ball on them, I think, you know, the injuries certainly were a factor, but they looked like a team that wasn't mentally in it. Like, you know, they just, a lot of stopping the run is will and, you know, being in the right place. And it, it, it doesn't, you don't have to be like a schematic genius to figure out what they were doing. They're running off tackle left, off tackle right, off tackle left, off tackle right, quarterback keeps it. Like you're ba- it's basically like the option. Um and UVA just had no they never even really were close to stopping it, you know? Like they would get them in third and 12 and then Georgia Tech would just run the ball for a first down, <laughs> you know, and it's like you just can't do that and I will say that that sort of performance is to me even though obviously like you can't take what they did against North Carolina and Miami and extrapolate that out to be like everything's fine now. Um and we we said so we said as much last week. We said talk to us after this game, right? Um but at the same time they haven't had a game where they've been this lost since I would say the opener. Um and so I don't know that this is like, oh, those two games were just a blip and everything. And and this is just more of the same because this wasn't more of the same. This was like way worse. Um, I think it does kind of speak to 
the types of results you can see when you're mediocre to bad, right? Like, I mean, look at Georgia Tech, right? They're okay. I mean, they're certainly better than UVA is right now. Um, but they have some like what just happened results on their schedule because they're not that good. Um, they're not good enough to just show up and beat people. Um, they were on Saturday, but I think that had a lot to do with where UVA was. Um, and you know, credit to Georgia Tech, obviously, like they've said, they're much improved. Um, uh, and they came in with a game plan and executed it, and UVA just didn't do that. Now, I mean, obviously the odds are sort of stacked against them going into this game on Thursday night. But you know we'll see where we'll see where they land there. I mean, if they if they go out there and play well, and and even if they lose, like then we can say like okay, they can bounce back from a a crap effort. Um, and you know there there's some optimism for the last two games that they can be competitive. If they go out there and lose big, I mean that's kind of the the expected result. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, it's just another data point for me. Like it's a bad one. Um, and then things really just didn't click. And I do like not to make excuses for the defense because I think Dave's right. They were on the field a lot. You know, the run fits were just atrocious. Um, but you know, like I think if Musket doesn't get hurt, the game, I, it definitely isn't 45, 17. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> um, you know, I think they're at least in it. So, you know, th- that, that was unfortunate and it kind of shows you why they've gone with a more veteran quarterback. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting because, you know, if you think about it from the big, you know, the big picture sort of view is always going to be impacted by not just like what has happened, but the way it's happened. Right. You can't take this in a vacuum. Right. If you just said Virginia played Georgia Tech, Tony Musket got hurt um, on the first possession at the basically the fourth play from scrimmage or whatever it was and wasn't able to go. They tried Brocher House. They ended up going to Calandria, and he went 21 of 37 for 200 yards. He threw two touchdowns, but he had an interception. He also fumbled. Um, you look at it and you think like, oh, well, that's kind of like the way I would expect it to go. But you, if you do it that way, if you if you think about it as just its own little you know thing, you're not impacted by the fact like, oh, yeah, there are all those games that came before, and you're not necessarily sort of um, – looking at a totality of circumstances. It's impossible for us as we sit here tonight and discuss this, not to kind of look at the big picture, which is like some of the things that we were concerned about. Certainly the, the win in, in Carolina, the the close loss in Miami helped us to not necessarily like turn the page from, so to speak, but definitely to sort of give them credit for being able to do some of the things that they needed to do. The problem with this kind of game is it really, I think underscores all of the issues sort of at play. The, the line play on both sides was was rough, right? Georgia Tech could kind of do whatever it wanted defense, excuse me, offensively. Defensively, obviously, once Virginia got behind, that balance was gone. It really, it really shows that if they weren't able to sort of control the clock a lot, they weren't able to control the line of scrimmage uh, in the last two games, probably similar results happen. Um, the injury thing is real. And I mean, like you lose Tony Musket, you lose Cam Robinson, you lose Mike Hollins in this game. Um, at least two of those three, I think will probably be back. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to see Musket, um, this weekend or excuse me, this Thursday night. I, I just would have to think that, um, that that is just, that is just a bridge too far, right? Maybe Saturday, but like a short week, I think it's just impossible. Um, 
if he was ruled out that clearly and quickly that quick yeah on saturday yeah. i feel like it's not something where it's like oh well he'll be back tomorrow <laughs> you yeah. know and i think they've got the, you know they had to start practice on sunday right so there's not a lot of time to sort of wait around and see your guy's going to be i think you i think we all have to assume it's going to be ac10 on thursday night and I think what this game did a really nice job of crystallizing for me, Dave, is that like as talented as I think AC10 is, and as much as I appreciate his moxie and his fire and his um, his clear talent, he's got a nice arm. He makes uh, you know he makes some throws that I think are important. His mobility is a, is a plus. He's just not the steadying force that this team needs. Um, and he's got to be steadier. And frankly, I just don't think you're going to get that from a kid who just hasn't seen a lot of action yet, right? Like he 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 just hasn't. He's got a, he's got so much to work with and there's a lot of clay there, but it takes it's going to take some time to mold some of that and I just I I've, I don't feel like you're going to be able to do that on such a short sort of time frame. But what I, where kind of where I was going with it is that like you, you you without the pieces in place that we've seen working, it really underscores just how like rough it can get real quick when when all these things aren't sort of aligned. Um, in terms of how you view the whole season and the staff and all this, I know after the game, you were very frustrated. Um, has that frustration waned much? Have you been able to sort of, um, I don't know, stay in that same sort of like, um, really frustrated place. How would you sort of describe the way you feel about it at this point? I mean, we've went five and 14, um, since Elliot took over, like it's hard not to be is, frustrated with that, right? Is losing frustrating? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's, um, you know, and then you go back to the year before and the last, <laughs> the last game there. Um, it's been a, been a frustrating twenty game stretch for Virginia fans, not to mention the off the field stuff. Um, but yeah, the uh, I don't know, it the the team just I, I don't. It's hard to explain. Like if you watch the game, you probably know what what I'm saying. Like it's there seemed to be this panic that took over the sideline and the team once musket got hurt. Um, despite the fact that, you know, Calandria scored, I think what the second drive he was in. Um, but it's, yeah, it's look, it's hard to win with a first year quarterback. There, there's a reason most teams don't do it. Um, it's a pretty rare thing. And let's not comp, you know, add to the fact that he didn't practice as the starter all week. And, you know, you know, he can prep all he wants. He didn't get the Tom with the starter. So it's like it. Yeah, it's it's a frustrating season, period. And even when you look at like, you know, they beat Carolina. That's that's most likely, you know, until the Virginia Tech game. Hopefully that maybe that breaks. But um, there's a pretty good chance the UNC is going to be the highlight of the season. But UNC lost the following week to Georgia Tech. And then, you know, we played well against Miami last week. And Miami got boat raced by NC State. So like... I don't know how good the teams were that they actually beat too, which I think just kind of adds to the frustration when you're looking for negatives because you're tired of losing. But yeah, we've been over, it's been two calendar years since we won an ACC game at home. Uh, that's, that's frustrating. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and I, and the reason, yeah, no, I agree with you. The reason I asked the question is because I think that for a lot of folks and we had, a, we had some similar conversations among the three of us, right? That. It, it did feel like that the Carolina game was a real proof of concept. And I think it, it excited a lot of people. And I think it excited me, right? Like I was really, um, I was really excited to see them sort of put it all together. I was like, oh, that's what it's supposed to look like. And then they sort of did a similar thing against Miami, even though they weren't able to win it. And 
you know, aside from the pick six, I mean, that in, in a lot of ways you could really point to that and say that was a big difference in that game because a lot of it otherwise kind of had a very similar narrative. I think in hindsight, I think what I felt was relief, right? Like I saw Virginia go out there and play pretty well, and that was just like a relief because it had been a long time since you had really seen them do that. And then to see them Saturday struggle like they did for was not just like, not only was it hard to watch, but it was also like, you, I started second guessing all of the like, you know, sort of like positive things I felt the last two weeks, right? Not in the sense of like, I shouldn't have felt them, but in the sense of like, actually they didn't really mean much. And so I'm curious to get your sort of point of view on it too. Like the frustration level that Dave's talking about, um, a lot of that is, is because, you know, it's just been bad, right? Um, in terms of sort of this season and the, the larger sort of um, referendum conversation, if you will. Um, did, did this move the needle back for you? Had you not really moved the needle much at all anyway? As you look back on it, how would you describe it? Hmm. I think the, the lopsided nature of the game um, sort of changes the way it gets framed. I don't know. Right. I mean, I don't have like, it's not the most like, you know, first take on ESPN type answer, but you know, come back to me in three weeks, right? Like, you know, or, or two, I guess. Um, and, and we'll see where things are. Um, you know, if they scrap their way back to four and eight or better and look like it, make this game look like it was an outlier in the wrong direction, then, you know, I don't care about it, right? A loss is a loss. Nobody's going to care that they lost 45, 17 in a year. Um, yeah, you know, if they, you know, if they keep playing like they did on Saturday, then it's pretty clear that like, you know, like Dave said, the Miami UNC sequence was the highlight of the season. There's a good chance, even a chance, even if they do play better, that that is the highlight. You know, they beat a top 10 team on the road. Not man, I don't know how many teams have done that this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, this year has kind of gone the way that we thought it would. It hasn't been exactly what we expected, but I mean, if you go back to our preseason predictions is, you know, I had them yeah. four and eight, they could still end up there. Like, I don't know. Um, but you know, it, it, they've dealt with a lot of injuries and things more than, more than I would have expected. Um, and they've shown some improvement in some areas from last year for certain, but you know, there's obviously a long way to go to be good. Um, and it's frustrating in some ways, it's more frustrating to lose these close games where they had a chance than it is to just be not good enough. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I would, I would say this season in a lot of ways has been more frustrating than some others where they've been, you know, just blown out more. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and again, like, I mean, Broncos teams would get blown out like this every once in a while and it would just be like a head scratcher and you would just kind of move on. Um, but they would find a way to pick the pieces up and be better. So unfortunately for UVA, I just feel like that's a tall task this week, given the opponent and the short turnaround, but, and, and obviously the fact that they might be playing with their backup quarterback, but, um, you know, they just got to get back to work and keep plugging away at it. And as fans, I, I, I really try to judge them on the full body of work and, you know, try to like evaluate the progress because when it's not always going to show up in wins and losses, you obviously right. need to start winning games at some point, right. but you know, just continue to show me that there are strides being made and, and I'll recognize that. But on Saturday they weren't any good. Yeah, There wasn't anything good to really talk about. 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, this staff has lost 14 games now, right? Which I've said twice now. Seven of them have been by 17 points or more. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, they've had a lot of close ones and they've been blown out a bunch. Yeah, it's, it's either three points or 17 or more. So it's like, <laughs> there's a reason I think we're all kind of trying to wrap our head around how to right. how to frame this thing. Like, it's, it, I mean, I don't know that it's, I mean, it's too early to make a definitive statement. Like, I think this staff isn't going to figure it out. But, Look, I mean, I think at this point, you, you got to be questioning it. Um, it's like looking at election results. Brad was just talking about it. It's like there's there's not you're not 100 percent sure that the the, the results aren't going to come in a certain way. A really but the more point. that they come in the wrong way, the worse it looks. Yeah. Like, you know, and not just that. Yeah, and there's like, three tough games left. Very tough. Yeah. yeah no, two, but two look, from opponent quality and then third just because of the repercussions. Right. Um yeah, I want to. I want to make if things one. Things are tough now. If they go zero and three, it's gonna be really tough. Yeah, I want to make one election comp because before we move to the predictions, real quick, like in elections, it's not. It's not quite. It's not sports, right? Because you know, votes are not points, right? It's 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 impossible to essentially put somebody on the other team and, and you know make them you know make up a deficit because you went on a twelve to nothing run, right? Because the other folks are going to continue to get votes, right? And so it's not necessarily about numbers as much as it is margins. And I think those margins in politics or in, in, in elections, right, the votes that you've already counted, right, those votes tell you a lot about the votes that you're going to count later, right? Because not only does it tell you that the, that the, the, that the person who already has the advantage is going to keep having some advantages, and it tells you about where those advantages might be and to what extent those might exist, but it also underscores like the big, the gap actually was this whole entire time for the person who's not winning, right? Because that, that sort of, uh, that ghost, so to speak, that they're, that they're, they're trying to catch is, is getting further and further away. Football programs, basketball programs, whatever, are very much like that. Like everything in a, in, we talked a little while ago, right? About the idea of this, this thing in its own, in a vacuum, right? But the whole season is like that. And every game to some extent is like results that come in. And they tell you a little bit, not only about the results that you actually have now, but like what's to come. And, and it provides context for everything you're seeing unfold through the course of, in, in this analogy, right, the, the full season or in the election thing, election night, right? It tells you a lot about sort of like where things were going wrong or where they were going right. And for this team, we thought like the last two weeks were a sign of like things going right. What this Saturday's result kind of tells us, or at least implies strongly to us is that that was not the way that the rest of this is going to go. And it's not because they lost. It's the way in which they lost, right? It's the margins. And that it's to also me, is super concerning. It's also worth noting, like, you know, Georgia tech is much improved. Georgia tech is better than UVA. UVA was favored in this game. It's not like they were at 10 point underdogs. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not saying like it would have been unrealistic to pick Georgia Tech to win. We all kind of were like, we don't have a read on this game at all. And I think the new rule should be if we don't have a read on it, that's a very bad sign. Um, but, you know, I think like it, it, this it, this wasn't some like impossible task, right? I mean, obviously, like the quarterback getting hurt, that's something that definitely impacted the result. Um, but, you know, it's this wasn't something. And I think like their inability to win at home is kind of bizarre. 
Um, I don't really know what that is. Like, I don't know what to make of that. Um, I mean, it's not like they won a lot on the road. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true too. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely fair. It's just kind of an odd thing that you would expect them to be better at home though. (laughs) Like, you know, and they just haven't been, um, I think they're like one in seven against FBS teams under Tony Elliott at home. And then, and then, you know, the one win was the last second win against a bad team. And then, Oh, and five or something like that against ACC teams. So, I mean, they've been closing some of those games, but you got to start winning them at home because it's hard to win on the road. Um, so that's just another thing to kind of keep in mind. And they'll have two more chances to to turn it around. So. Oh, and six against ACT, ACC teams at school at home. I'm going to, um, I'm going to, well, they didn't that... play, they didn't play one last year, right? Or no, that was a road game. That's a road. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to assume that we're all going to pick. Virginia to lose this game. We're going to pick Louisville to win it. <laughs> um, Having said all the things we've said, UVA by 20. <laughs> <laughs> Having said all that, no. Um, so I don't think we need to necessarily go through the numbers and all this stuff unless you guys really want to. Um, I, I had Virginia win this thing in the preseason. I think I was the only one of us who had Virginia winning. <laughs> yeah, um, I promise you, you were. In the pre- oh, actually, no, 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 I didn't. I had them losing 33-28. Um, I misread the the four five four six. Um so I mean, we all had them losing. I I don't I don't think it's going to be that as close as I picked it in the preseason at five. Ferber had it at ten. Dave had it as a blowout, thirty five nineteen. That's probably about where I would put it. Um, I I I don't want what I'm really worried about more than anything other than you know I mean yes yeah, it's, it's I don't think Virginia's going to win the football game. Um, is allowing last week and what I think is going to happen Thursday night to basically beat them for two more weeks. Like that's the part that I'm I'm really hoping doesn't happen, because I think the Duke game and the and the Tech game, both at home, you know, uh, you know, both teams that they're playing um, have had moments this season and then also are flawed. Um, I think Duke's defensive. I mean, I just I don't know. I I'm not sure how to. I mean, you want to watch the the games that are still to play before then, but still. Um, it's they're not the same it's, team as they were like a while. I mean, they're still better than UVA, but they're yeah, not, yeah, yeah. They're not. They're the not same. the same team they were like four weeks ago. No. Um. So we'll get there in, in time. But um, you guys got anything else on the football front before we move to hoops? I would just say there's a very good chance that this is very ugly. I agree. Yeah. I, I agree. mean, like I think Louisville's, which of course Louisville might be, be the a seven best, point game. Louisville might be like the best team UVA's played. In a weird, or, like yeah. they're they're in the ballpark. Yeah, um, I agree. I don't know. I mean, their quarterback is not as good as some of the other quarterbacks they've played, but they're going to run all over UVA if they play like yes. they did on Saturday. Yeah, and I think it, it be could rough. be like a it could be like a forty five ten. I mean, you saw what they did to Tech last week. So, I mean, hell, this one was forty five seventeen Saturday. They got to yeah. back up. You know, freshman quarterback, short week. They got to travel. Like Louisville has everything to, to play close. for. Yeah, we'll we'll be having a different discussion next week. Yeah, good deal. Homefield Apparel is back with brand new options for the Wahoos and so much more this year. With college basketball season ramping up, there has never been a better time to gear up with officially licensed apparel from Homefield. First-time customers can get 15% off their first order using the code CAVS23 at checkout. Homefield has comfortable, thoughtful selections, not just for UVA fans, but for more than 180 schools across the country. So this will make a great gift option no matter who you pull for. Homefield's plan is simple. Dig through the archives and the history of the schools to find unique logos, mascots, traditions, and moments to make thoughtful designs for your favorite school. I love what they've got from the older UVA logos and such, and the quality of the stuff I've gotten from Homefield is second to none. In fact, 
The hoodie with the Cavalier script across the chest is my go-to no matter what I'm doing. Homefield products are printed on high-quality garments with extreme comfort in mind. So don't miss this fall's hottest styles and the most sought-after apparel. Shop at Homefield today and wear one for the team. Homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code CAVS23 for 15% off your first order. Thanks to Homefield for their support of this show and all of CAVSCorner.com. All right, so um, let's talk. Let's have let's have some fun. Give the people what they want. Eighty to fifty, Virginia opens the season with a thirty point victory over Tarleton State. The the Texans. It was a long night for them, especially uh, from deep. Three of thirteen from um, from long range. Virginia was ten of twenty two. Started off even better than that. I mean, they were four or five to start. Um, Cavaliers shoot forty five percent from deep. They shoot forty nine percent from the floor. Um, it wasn't necessarily as like if you look at the numbers, like they they don't they don't blow you away in part, I think, because like Charleston State runs some like the stuff they run is like they run real hard, right? And I don't mean that like in terms of like up and down, though I think they would love to have been up and down a little bit more. Um their cuts are hard, they're physical. I, I think it's a, they were a nice opponent for Virginia to open the season with. Uh Beekman goes for sixteen points, four boards, seven assists, um, had a couple steals in there too. Um McNeely, 15 points on four of eight shooting, all from three. Um, Blake Buchanan but gave him some nice minutes, even though it didn't necessarily show up in the stat sheet. Groves and Dunn go, both have nine points each. Um, but then it was um, Leon Bond, 12 points, nine boards, so you just missed out on the double-double uh, to start. Overall, Dave, impressions of the Cavaliers after one game. Um, probably the most confused I've been after the game one since that 2021 season. Um, when we obviously had Trey Murphy and Howler and all them coming in and didn't know what to expect. Um, because I kind of thought I knew what to expect, but you know, the starting lineup to start with, even though it kind of got hinted at the day before is still shocking to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's how I'd characterize it. It was just a very, surprising slash shocking game not so much the result or what individual players did in it but the different roles the players have and um obviously bond i think we all assumed he might play a big role um after one game i'm i'm not ready to say he needs to but it feels like he needs to um because front court depth is going to be an issue with this team you know mine are not coming into what four minutes ago in the first half also shocking but yeah i mean it's a win um i don't know that it made me feel warm and fuzzy um despite all the glowing reviews because i thought a little bit too reliant on the three ball um i mean there's some guys who can create their own shot but i didn't see it in bunches like you'd like to but granted it's game one so i think you know friday's going to tell us a lot but, I mean, I like the pieces. It's going to be a fun team to watch. It When they're clicking like they were at Tom's last night, they're going to be a tough team to beat. But I think they're going to have to make some significant strides in, you know, in forming a cohesive group to um, help offset the the front court weakness um, when you get against bigger teams very soon, Friday night. Yeah, I was going to say. Ferber, what about you? Well, I'm glad that some of us remembered that they play on Friday night. Um, some other people had other things to do on Friday night. Um, I'm not going to say who. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I think I agree with you, Dave. Um, I think 
this is the <laughs> don't eat the poison cheese game where it's like they did a lot of good things, but I don't know that they're transferable to other games um, against ACC level teams just because Tarleton State was like an athletic team. And, and obviously, I think they'll give some teams trouble just like the way that they're sort of positionless, but they don't have any bigs um really and they they're just not like the typical team you're gonna play against and and like you said dave like very reliant on the three early in the game and and that's fine i mean those were quality shots they just made them um and it's like you just you know that it's not always gonna be like that and people being like man this team can shoot like just go back and watch how they did the first few games last year um not to say they're not going to do better this year, but like you can't just assume all these things from this one game against Tarleton State. So, you know, I, I other than that, I, I would say like a lot of things were as we anticipated. Reese Beekman looks good. Ryan Dunn's going to be good. McNeely's probably going to take a step forward. Rhodey's a guy that can come in and play a lot. Groves is a guy that I thought would come off the bench, but, you know, he started and looked good. And I think it might end up being like a Vanderplas situation with him where it, it's very matchup dependent, you know, what kind of lineups they roll out. And and I was really excited to see what Leon bond did from an energy standpoint and just kind of like making hustle plays and kind of reminded me they're not exactly the same player, but um, kind of how UVA used Isaiah Wilkins as a freshman when he was not really needed to do much on the offensive end, but he would come in and just get a bunch of rebounds and like make hustle plays and stuff. I think bond could be like a better version of that. Maybe or a more important version of that for this team. Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens with minor. Like, I don't really, I, I was surprised by that and don't really know what to make of it. But, you know, obviously a lot of what, I think UVA kind of got stale through the middle part of the game, but I think a lot of that can be attributed to just Tony tinkering with lineups and, it, you know, guys not used to playing with each other, you know, extended minutes and things like that. And um, they certainly weren't playing like they're starting five for extended periods of time. So, you know, I, it certainly wasn't a bad game or anything like that, but um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and be like, they blew out Tarleton State, like, you know, start planning your trips to the Final Four. Um, you know, we'll have a much better idea what they're like on Saturday, uh, Friday night. I, I like I like that you guys are taking this approach because I'm going to have to disagree. I, I'm not saying that I'm ready to, like, you know, buy my ticker tape, right? But I, I, what I saw, it's not, I don't, the, the opponent or whatever what I saw was like a bunch of new pieces that fit really well together I, I saw chemistry I saw f- uh, flow I saw fluidity and some nice sort of um, already like some guys already sort of like um, def- roles seem to already sort of be defined um, yeah there were definitely some was some weird lineup situations um, I think the idea Dave said something like you know He's a little bit worried because they live by the three. Welcome to college basketball. Like, I feel like teams need to live by the three in in this day and age, right? The idea that you're going to be able to routinely, like, get somebody who scores. I mean, yeah, they're like, what, 10 dudes across the country who you can, like, presumably, like, that you can reliably expect are going to score in double figures inside. I mean, like, realistically, this is college basketball, right? What did they, how many did they shoot? from three or from from three, three. they were uh 10 of 22 from three 
Okay, that's a decent number. I mean, that's a but I mean, like that's normal. Like it's not like they were. Yeah, that's not know, a complete outlier. They they didn't but, score but they eighty were up points. Twenty four after mm-hmm. one half. Like, but I they mean, didn't score. I mean, eighty I think points the thing was they, they hit... made a bunch of them, so it was like yeah. they're just it's you know that that's not maybe sustainable <laughs> in every game. It's it, like they score eighty points, and it's not because they hit twenty threes, right? Like it it they they score eighty points, yeah, but they only hit ten threes. Like that's not. Like 10 threes in the day, this day and age is really honestly, it's not that many, right? Um, I mean, they shot a ton of free throws, right? Yeah, 39. Yeah, they, they, I mean, that's and the they other made, That's they missed the other, a lot of them. Exactly. <laughs> they had 15 points they left at the line. Um, yeah. They currently I mean, lead the country in free throw rate. Well, if, and, and I, what Tony took away from that is like, hey, it's great that we're getting there. That's that he well, actually I think some of that can be credited the, to the officials because <laughs> well, they were yeah, calling right. everything. But yeah. I mean, I just think that like, like the idea, the old adage used to be like, well, you don't want to live and die by the three because eventually that's going to leave you. I, my point, my counterpoint to that would be like, no, but when you have like an entire five who can shoot threes, like your whole dynamic sort of changes a little bit. What I saw last night was guys, uh, like naturally sort of getting into the right spots to hit the shots. Not because, you know, oh, this team was just terrible and they're just lighting it up. Tarleton State is going to give people um, some really bad games and they're going to give people some good games. Like that's a that's a team that's scrappy as hell. Like that is absolutely the kind of team I think you want to play early in the season. Gillespie runs good stuff. His kids are, um, they're undermanned right now because of some injuries, but they, they clearly have, um, they got, they got some pride to them. Like they didn't roll over. I mean, they were playing hard, even you know when this when the game was clearly getting away from them. Um, so I don't I don't know. I didn't come away from this thinking like, man, I don't know what to do with that because they hit too many threes. Um, I came away from it thinking like all of the guys that they've added seem to fit well together. Um, that the especially the guards seem to fit really well together. And I mean, I'm seeing Beekman do you know. Beekman stuff except he's surrounded by better shooters I don't understand how that's not a thing like I, like Dave almost sounded like they lost and like that's hard for me to process because I came away from it like yeah th- again I'm not ready to like crown them but it's definitely like okay cool so these new pieces are kind of exactly what I thought and that that's that's going to be like put it to you like this they won they scored 80 points and one of the dudes who's an NF uh, excuse me NBA draft pick scored nine points like that to me is a is a really good sign about what the potential of this offense is. Tell me why I'm wrong, Dave. I mean, you might be right, but this, like I said, <laughs> go back to that 21 season. This is how, almost identical to how that first game went. Like they hit everything they shot, and then they got smoked the next game. Um, By who? I don't Which know coach? that it's a bad thing. Like you're right. Maybe, maybe that number of threes is good. You know, it's fine in this day day and age. But you know, other teams are getting multiple more possessions in Virginia. So. Yeah, I think I just looked. Michigan's got 102 points and 25 three-point attempts tonight. Um, so, like, it's still a lot for what Virginia does to me. And it's not just that they shot the three. Because um, a lot, you just think Justin said, it, like, yeah, a lot of the, those first four possessions or whatever it was, um, first three possessions where they hit threes, those were good looks. Um, what concerns me is I don't know, like, if Groves didn't hit in the three – or, you know, Rody's not hitting the three. I didn't see a whole lot of like, okay, they can do this then. Um, and maybe we'll see that. They're new guys. We've only seen them for one game. So I'm just, I'm. I guess I'm just, I guess I'm curious why you're I starting from things the, I'm going to be watching. I guess I, I guess I'm, I'm like this. All, all of what you just said, <clears throat> if you flipped it, why, why do you start from the pessimistic side and not from the optimistic side? 
Like what what about what you saw last night? Because I mean, you're comparing a lineup. Yes, they had Sam Hauser and Trey Murphy on that team, but Reese Beekman was a freshman. All right, they're giving minutes to like Poppy and to Thomas Wolde Tensai and to Casey Morcel before he got good when he got to Raleigh, and you know Jay Huff, who was an enigma inside of a puzzle. I guess yeah, they had two two really good players in that team, but there was a lot. I guess from that talent standpoint, like I can't even compare these two teams. But that Maybe. team, yeah, no, I think you can because that team also lacked front court toughness, um, which Virginia has lacked in the last couple of years. So, so you wait, look, but I, you I didn't see be, Buchanan. You didn't when you watched Buchanan. I last think night, he's you got think, potential. I do, I do, and that's kind of what I was getting to. Like if he can develop quickly um, and develop at a point where he's not fouling to a point where he's going to be on the bench next to Tony. Um, Virginia might be fine if Miner if last night was just a matchup thing and Miners can be what you know what he was last year, maybe Virginia's fine. Um, I'm only playing the pessimist because I saw a lot of optimism, but I also saw some some things that could be issues if that's the way it only goes. Um, because we're going to find out on Friday because Florida's yeah, got exactly. two good bigs. So yeah, and I really don't want my Friday night to be monitoring a board because everyone thought this team was going to go undefeated so (laughs) yeah i mean that's my thing too is like this i don't want it to sound like the pessimistic view it's more of like the realist view like you don't get to play tarleton state in january um and yeah they're scrappy but they're not good um you know like i didn't see anything from them that was like man they're gonna challenge people like win their league or something like that um you know, I, I think UVA was playing. I think UVA got out to a really hot start, and then they was kind of like, I don't know, stagnant for like a long period through the middle of the game. Um, and that's okay. I mean, when you're up twenty, um, but you know, and I, like I said, some of that I think is lineup stuff. But I do think they're going to have to find a way to to score at the rim. I mean, Reese did a nice job of that, but it's going to be tougher against tougher competition and. And this is not to say that they're not going to do any of that stuff. It's just, you know, in this game, I don't know that I can make referendums from this game. And that goes for like Buchanan too. Like, I think he looked solid and looked like a guy that can play, but I didn't see anything from him on in last night's game that was like, man, this dude's about to like tear it up, you know, or anything like that either. I mean, he might, but like, I just think there's, you know, the, the jury's out. On a lot of this yeah. stuff. I we'll also see. don't There's know for sure that their shooting is going to be like way better than last year. <laughs> I think Groves is a nice piece to pick up. Um, he's, I would say it's fair to say he's going to be a better shooter than BVP. Um, but I think that's marginally. Um, and then you hope that McNeely takes a step forward, but he was on the team last year. Uh, and then Rody and Franklin are basically the same percentages. So you know, I think it's I, I'm not going to go out here and be like, oh, now they have all this shooting. All right. I, I'm 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 I feel like I'm having like an out of body experience. <laughs> I, I, I just can't. OK, OK, I'm, let me figure out how to put this into sentences. All right. One, you're you're comparing like I understand. OK, let me back up. I understand the the idea that it's one game. So you can't and I'm not I'm not again. I'm not trying to say crown them. I'm really not. I don't, I don't think this changes fundamentally for me where I thought they were going to be in the ACC. I guess the thing I'm bumping up against is you guys seem to be approaching this from like a very pessimistic sort of like, well, they're not better. And I guess I'm just trying to figure out like what would need to have happened last night for you guys to not have like, would Buchanan need to have come out for like 20 and 10? 
Like what would have what would it have looked like? I guess what would you what would you have wanted to no, change yeah. about they the results and what State you State. saw? But I'm saying yeah. like uh, in order for you to be like less pessimistic about what you saw because I, you're comparing like 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 Ferber just said like Rody and Franklin. Yeah, except Rody is significantly better of a prospect. He's bigger, he's much scrappier right out of the gate. He looks like he fits. Franklin, it took a while before he looked like he fits. He came from a place in Indiana where he was kind of like lost on the land of misfit toys a little bit. This kid was was one of the best transfers in the country. And last night I saw, I was like, oh yeah, this this looks like a guy that you're really excited about, right? You're comparing, um, you know, Groves and BVP. Groves is like three inches taller than him. He's also seems like he's got a lot more heart and he's got a lot more like. Um, that like he's also surrounded by other guys who can shoot. I mean, we're just going to ignore the fact that Kihei Clark was five, eight and a half. We're going to ignore the fact that J- Jaden Gardner was essentially an undermanned four, like, uh, excuse me, undersized four. Like, you guys are talking about comparing these things as if like these guys don't have the attributes they have. And again, I'm not saying that they're going to win the national championship, but I didn't watch last night and come away thinking to myself, like, man, like they've really got so many question marks that I've got to see answered. I, frankly, the fact that they didn't have those is, was an answer in and of itself. And I guess I'm just curious what you would have wanted to see. So you didn't, didn't come away with the sort of um, takeaways that you guys seem to have taken away from it. Yeah. I don't have any, I don't have any issues with how they played last night. Yeah. I just don't think you can take anything from it. I mean, I mean it, you can it, take yeah, anything like, from it. Like they're, I don't they're think like, can, they're I don't legitimately think can, nine deep. Like they're legitimately nine deep. Yeah, we yeah if they play in the whack, I think they're going to be great. <laughs> like, so wait, not tell me, tell to. me the last Virginia team that was legitimately nine deep. There hasn't been one since uh, the 2015, 2016 team, probably 2014 in there. But yeah, we never played nine, so like I'm not too worried about that. To start with, um, like, look, I mean. You can say it's pessimistic. I think I'm trying to be a realist. Like that, there's some flaws there. Like I need to see. I mean, what I think of when you say that is like you're trying to. But like to me, realism and pessimism. It's like it's like there's no like if if you're starting from the standpoint of like that. Okay, they're nine deep. They're not going to play nine, but they have nine good players, and that's a lot of different. Like we we haven't mentioned Leon Bond once, except for to talk about his name in the intro and I, or wherever that was in the conversation, right? Like like they are. So much more talented than it, again. It's all on potential. There's, you know, they've played one yeah, I'm game. I'm not comparing them to last year's team. I'm comparing them to like championship level teams. That's what we do here, in Virginia, right? Um, I don't know enough after last night. I, I just didn't want. I mean, I've read so much glowing stuff, and I think it's fine. Like, I think if you want to be, there's plenty of reason to be optimistic from last night. I just need to see it repeated, um, because all these guys are fresh. They're young now. You know. No one playing us knows what to expect yet either, so that you can game plan against it. And look, these guys are gonna have have to kind of go through it, and then then I'll feel fine. Look, if they come out and do this against Florida, I'll be like, all right, there you go. Okay, that's what we saw, and it's gonna be able to work. But um, and it very well may. I just I don't think you can. Yeah, I'm gonna pick them to beat Florida. What did you say? I'm gonna pick them to beat Florida. Yeah, yeah. Like when I, I mean, do, it's preview. gonna be a tight game. Yeah. But I think, you know, teams like Florida are going to be the ones that you've got to see this team do. It's like, look, Groves, I think he's going to be a nice piece, but he's not very big. Um, and then, you know, Buchanan, I think, is going to be a great piece, but he's a freshman. And, you know, how many freshman big men have ever had a a great season? You know, they've had moments. So he's going to have to buck the trend. 
that said, I think this team can be good and is going to be good. I just don't know if it's going to be good in the way it was last night. Like they're going to, the rotation is going to trim down a little bit. I'm just trying to figure out how it's all going to work. Cause the one thing I noticed when the best teams on the floor, I don't think our traditional offense works well with it because there's not, you know, if you've got done, you know, done and groves on the floor, if you got done screening, that's kind of a waste, um, but he's going to have to, and then, you don't have a great screener in that lineup. So it's, you know, you're going to have to run maybe some five out stuff, maybe some of that old 2021 stuff. So it'll be interesting. And if they, there were points last night when they were running kind of block remover and running inner triangle where you're like, Oh yeah, that that's going to be an issue. Like the, you know, they're not helping create space. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all like, I wouldn't take it as pessimism. I just think there's, as Tony it's a, has it's a wait let you, it, there's a lot of new pieces that you're going to have to see how they fit. And I think one game is they showed you their upside. Um, and that's great. And like, I'm excited to watch Friday, but yeah, I, th- I think I saw some stuff, especially in the middle of that half. And then, you know, when Beekman's not on the floor, you can pressure this team a little bit and, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I'll still pick them to win the ACC though. Yeah, I mean, we're also talking about last year seemed like they were terrible. They were co yeah, champs and ranked the whole season. Right, but they were seriously flawed in a variety of different ways, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you had a 5'8 guy who was supposed to be the dude who was going to try to go get you a bucket. Um, they had a bunch of dudes who, God love them, that, that just sort of disappeared. Now, that might be the way this goes for this team. But the thing that's different for me, for example, there's this one pass early in the game where it's it's too it's too high and, and just a little bit off but Buchanan gets a fingertip on it and he's able to come down with the ball and I was like when's the last the last true big that Virginia's had with hands like that who absolutely could like bring in a pass right like I I immediately thought watching him for like seven seconds I'm like I think he's an upgrade um and I know that the, I know people out there come at me about Shedrick and I'm very sorry but like that's just my personal opinion. I'm not saying you have to think it. I'm just saying like I watched him for a little while and I was like, yes, he's he's super young, but he's absolutely going to be an upgrade um, because he already was able to do things fluidly that looked and felt like a big man. It didn't matter how many you know. I know the stat sheet said he what scored like a point, whatever. He was 0-2 from the floor. Great. The bigger point for me is like it's like watching guys as prospects and trying to sort of like extrapolate out who they're going to be. Right. And so like, I came away from last night thinking like, yep, Beekman's ready to be the guy. I thought Rody ex- was exactly who I thought he would be. McNeely is the, is the type of uh, shooter. I expected him. I expected him to sort of take the next step forward. I was a little bit, um, maybe underwhelmed by what I saw from Ryan Dunn, but he got in foul trouble early and I'm not going to like, you know, whatever Groves got the start, which tells me a lot. Um, both about Groves and about where Tony sort of thinks Minor is. He's, he played less um, than Buchanan did, though. But he did. He ended up playing only 15 yeah. minutes. Um, Harris is absolutely better than I expected, bar none, without a shadow of a doubt. Like, he's more physical than I expected. He is, and maybe that's my fault for for not setting the, the bar appropriately in my own mind. Um, but I, I thought Bond and, and, and his um, versatility – we they, that kid hasn't even scratched the surface for what he can be, right? And so I just look around and I'm like, dude, this this team has so much potential, and it's hard for me 
again, I, I understand where you guys are coming from. I understand like the wait and see approach. It does, that makes total sense. You're not wrong for thinking that. It's just like that's not that's not what I expected to hear. I didn't expect you guys to come in here and be like, "Hey, let's you know start you know ordering the championship gear, right?" But yeah. um, I guess I just you, you, you sounded almost like oh man, a lot, a lot of a lot of question marks, a lot of a lot of work to do. There are. Like, I mean, I think. I mean, I mean, I think for me, just to sum it, like, easiest way to sum it up is kind of, I mean, I think I mentioned it. It's kind of how Tony's been talking about the team. It's as I'm watching that game and you see little things that you realize, oh, if next year he probably won't do that. He won't do that. And you realize there's a lot of guys on the team are going to have to kind of learn on the job. You know, learn this system on the job. And when there's that many, there's going to be nights where they're, they're clunky. It's just going to happen. But yeah, the upside if they're all clicking, like this team can be really, really good. Well, and that's the thing um, is like I don't think they were all clicking. Like Dunn is he plays twenty one minutes, he scores nine points. Again, he's a potential NBA draft guy, right? Like the 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 talent evaluators love that kid. He scored nine points. Like that, you know, that he didn't have a great game. It wasn't like they they shot, you know, seventeen of twenty two from three. They were ten of twenty two, right? They missed you have 15 free throws, right? Like, so it's almost like when I, like, and I'm not, I'm not saying that you're necessarily wrong, but like everything, every, everything that you're sort of pointing to, the flip side is also true, which is like, yeah, but they didn't have their best game and they still showed, like they scored 80 points and I understand they're playing Tarleton State. They scored 80 points and they, they weren't all clicking, but everything to, at least to me, beyond the stat sheet felt like they all fit together, if that makes any sense. And I think that's the thing that, that I'm, that actually excited me the most was like, Oh, they look like they fit together. These dudes look like they have played a lot of basketball together in a way that I just genuinely did not expect. Like to have this many new pieces, these dudes look like they all have been playing together for, you know, a lot longer than they actually have. And I think that's a really good sign. Yeah. I mean, I think this would be a good time to drop in the podcast audio from after they played Baylor in Illinois last year. (laughs) (laughs) Things happen. I mean, look, um, well, actually, you know, Ferber, that's a really good point. Real quick, Dave, because, because like, we, I guarantee you, in that podcast, we were like, "Man, this team is humming on all cylinders." Right, like, right. But, but, but my point, but, but see, at the same time, like, you, you guys want them to show you, right? And then that team went out and did it, right? They go and they win those two games, and what did it mean, right? So even, even when you're like, "Oh, show it to me," and they show it to you, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. So yeah, why you are you being? So what are you waiting for, right? Like, what, what, what? At what point can the pessimism slash realism turn into something resembling optimism? When, when is it? When are, when are you? Yeah. When are you allowed to? When are you allowed to feel that way and not be wrong? Because eventually, even though they beat Baylor and Illinois last year and and looked as good as they did early in the season, they ended up not being very good. I understand where you're coming from on the whole, like where they finished, but like, do you want to have another year last year? Because I kind of would rather they didn't. Like that's just maybe me personally. Um, you know they lost three of three of five in in through a stretch between December and January. They get beat by Furman in the first round. Is that what you guys want? A loss to Boston College, like by fifteen? Like that's not the. What did Dave say earlier? Like, you know, championship aspirations is what we do at Virginia. Like, I guess I'm just like the 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 wins over Baylor and Illinois were awesome. So it was the one against Michigan. What did they look like at the end of the year? Right, like. You right, know. but I think that's the that's the thing is like now we're sitting here saying like oh that team last year had all these issues and like they didn't look like a connected group, but that's probably not what we said after the first few games. 
No. <laughs> if you we told don't know me... that, like so you're saying this about this group, we don't know what it's gonna look like in ten games. So yeah, we'll and I think some of that pessimism comes from the fact like what do you do if Buchanan gets in foul trouble, you gets a team with bigs. Like um you know, I don't I mean I don't I know Dunn is a great defender, um, but he can't defend all five at once, you know, or all three across the front at once. So you know, I I've got to see some stuff for the to be confident. Now you get me to the middle of the year, towards the end of the year, um, Buchanan getting playing time, I'll feel more confident. Maybe minor it's coming along. Maybe we find out, you know, last night it was a matchup thing. But, you know, the, the what last year's team struggled with was, you know, was different from what this team could tr- struggle with. And look, I was very, I enjoyed watching the game. I watched it last night, watched it again today. Like, look, there, there's some, if, if everyone on this team is who, they have the potential to be, it's going to be a very good team. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I just think there's a, I'm not going to get overly confident after game one. They go handle business against Florida. They've got some, look, they've got quite a few games over the next month um, where I'll, I'm looking forward to seeing them play. Trust me, I want them to be everything. Um, I think Rody and Bond, um, yeah, Rody, Bond, Buchanan, like if those guys can be what I think they are, this is going to be a very good, a very good team. And so I think they're going to have. Don't some take games my they... concern as like I, I think this team is terrible. I just think I need to see rep. I need to see it in more volume than I saw it in game one. Yeah, and I think they're going to steamroll some teams. Like they're going to have a night where everything clicks together with this group, and it's like you're right, Brad. The ceiling is definitely higher for this group. I think. Um, what I just think about but, like last year's team was like not just flawed, but like when it when it worked really well. Who were they, right? Versus where their floor was, right? And this team, yeah, I hear what you're saying, and you, and that's a legitimate point, right? That if if Buchanan or or, or Groves, whoever, gets in some foul trouble, they're in a really rough spot. Um, and in, I, I think for me, the confidence with which the shots came, right, that speaks that speaks very loudly to me in a way that the shots actually going in doesn't necessarily matter as much, right? Like that team last year constantly was looking for somebody else to make a play. What I saw last night was a bunch of dudes who are very comfortable in exactly who they are. They understand how they fit together and they're good to go out there and play the game. And that confidence I think matters in a way that, um, again, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they're necessarily ready to, to do this or do that. I guess I'm just approaching from the standpoint of like, when I think about, where expectations were for the team, at least for my own, right? What I saw last night not only confirmed, okay, they're who I thought they were going to be. I think it did move for me up to like in terms of what their ceiling could be, but it also moved their floor up for me a little bit. And considering how deep they are, it's not, it's not necessarily that I think Tony's going to go nine deep. It's that they have a lot more options. And I think those options fit better together. And I'm not, and again, to, to go back to last year's team, like it's not necessarily saying that because they were flawed, therefore they could never put it together. It's more about saying like, if you're going to try to compare where these guys are now versus where they were then, and then you're going to look at what happened to them eventually. I think the difference is, is that that team and their flaws were a bigger problem for them than this team and their potential flaws are for this one. And I think that's, a significant difference, not just like a little bit, but I'm saying it's a significant difference 
because that team needed Jaden Gibson to score a bunch of points. And when he wasn't super engaged on the defensive end, when Shedrick wasn't doing stuff on the defensive end, they they couldn't they they were in a in a world of trouble because they had no ability to do that. This team has a lot more length, a lot more athleticism, and a lot more cohesion already than I think that team did. And I understand that Franklin and Gardner and Clark played a lot of games, but a better McNeely, a better done with the pieces they've added, I think it's it's not even um, it's not even um, a question of whether or not they're going to find their stride. It's just going to be like to what extent that stride to to what extent that that stride takes them up whatever that potential ladder is. Does that make sense? Like, I just. I, I, I'm not I'm not opposed to you guys being realistic about it or to saying like, yeah, show it, show me some of this against somebody who's not 298th or whatever Tarleton State is. I think they're 236, 298 or whatever Tarleton State is in Kempom. Like show it to me against the top 40 team. Show it to me against Wisconsin and their and their uh, pace. Show it to me against a Texas A&M um, the next week. You know what I'm saying? Like I get that. I just I just I guess I wasn't expecting. Um. I wasn't expecting for the for the pessimism to dull the edge of the excitement or the realism I, to dull the edge of the excitement. Yeah, this game this game did not fall short of my expectations. It met them, right? Like it didn't exceed them. It was different than maybe I thought it would play out because you don't know exactly who's going to score points. That's how any basketball game is. But I picked it to be 78-55. It was 80 to 50. Like, you know, it's pretty much exactly what I expected. Um, them to do, which is good because I expected them to win by a lot of points. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I just let's let's just see more basketball, right? I right. mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say like I now I feel worse about them because I don't. I feel exactly yeah, the yeah, same, same as I did yesterday. Um, but you know, I think like what Leon Bond did. That's probably the most encouraging thing that I saw. But I don't know if that's a one off or not, just because you know we've seen dudes do that kind of thing against teams like Tarleton state and then not be able to replicate it. Um, and you know, guys have huge debuts and then, you know, maybe don't play as much later. I mean, like you talked about the length of the team, the reason that their length was lower in part last year is because Caden Shedrick didn't play. Like that dude is like as long as it gets <laughs> and you know, yeah. they, he couldn't get on the court, but we didn't know that was going to be a thing after the first game we found out after game 10, so we don't know, like, you know, right now what this team's going to be yet. But I think it's fair to be encouraged by what you saw. And it's fair to have questions. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, just to start... get myself off the hot board, if I could say <laughs> my, my three biggest positives from last night um, that now kind of some of them have been mentioned. But number one for me is Rody's defense. Because um, I, I figured that, like, he's more active than I thought he'd be. Mm -hmm. And um, we had no idea what that was going to look like. Yeah. And like I mean, I still need to see it against you know NBA level talent Latito will face later on, but it is not going to be something that keeps them off the floor most nights, mm -hmm. um, and that's a good thing. Uh, number two would be Buchanan, just because you you need him, you need a big, um, and even if Miner started, I, mean, I think Buchanan was going to play a major role in this team, this team's upside. Uh, and the number three is McNeely just being confident in his shot, like he's got. As a returner, he's got to um, 
Yeah, I don't want to say he needs to play like, you know, have the confidence of a Kyle guy, but he needs to have the confidence of Kyle guy when he has an open shot because, you know, the other guys haven't been in the system as long he has. And last night, I think he did show you that. Um, and then my pessimism is just, you know, if my, the negative for me is, well, to sum it up Minor. easiest, it's like when I think Tony Bennett's best teams have been ones when you say, hey, they need one stop. You rather, have, I mean, they need to, you know, either the, you want the offense or the defense on the floor for the final possession. This right now looks like an offense on the team. You know, I'd rather have the offense on the floor team. And usually those teams aren't as good as the ones where you pick defense first. Not always, but usually. So that's what I need to see going forward. So let's talk about Florida real quick. Um, Florida, obviously a very different animal um, from Tarleton State. A gator. As, as one. Okay. Well done. Um Tyree Samuel, who was a, um, a kid I, I could not have loved more watching him at Boo um, several years back, uh, lands at Florida. Um, Florida also got the uh, – how do you say this kid's last name? Hanlodon or something? Yeah. yeah. Him. Um, and the dude from Iona, Clayton. Yeah, Clayton. So, I mean, they, they've, got, they've got some really, uh, really good pieces. And this is, is going to be a very um, – intriguing matchup for a variety of different reasons most especially that virginia you know to to you guys point earlier like the um the post situation is different um for virginia this year um and so considering that you know samuel's listed at 610 239 hangleton's kids 71 235 that's a lot of bulk in the middle that virginia's going to have to um figure out um in terms of you know not just being able to score against, but then also being able to stop on the other end. Um, and I mean, it's not like those are the only two players of Florida has, you know, um, you big the, Riley Kugel guy. Well, I mean, he, he I mean, he had, had, he had a pretty nice game to start, right. Um, at 23 points, he's, um, let's see, 23 points, some bo- several boards, four assists, uh, six steals. I mean, you know, granted they're playing Loyola. Maryland is, I mean, they're not top thir- 300 in Kimpoms. I mean, it's a it's a thing. Um, though they did have a kid named Tyson Commander, which I just think is a great name. Commanders. Wouldn't that be an awesome name for a team or something? Anyway. Yeah, um, somebody should look into that. Somebody should look into that. Um, what, I, what I thought was really interesting is when I when I was doing some research earlier and over Kimpom, he'll have like the, um, you know, when Virginia has the ball, when Florida has the ball kind of thing. And obviously a lot of this numbers are just based on, um, you know, essentially two bad, two bad, two, two, two wins against bad teams ultimately. Right. Um, I'm just really curious one, how Florida deals with Virginia's, um, with Beekman in general, but also in terms of the overall shooting. Um, I, I don't, I'm not going to go out and say that this is the first Virginia team that really uses its offense as a true advantage and makes the defense or makes the other team sort of adjust to it as opposed to the other way around, because I've seen enough of these where I'm like, this is the one, and then it just doesn't happen. Um, but I don't know why this feels like a game where McNeely could really score a lot of points because I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how. Uh, how Virginia obviously will will play it from a combination rotation standpoint, but it just feels like that kid is in a is in a good place shooting the ball. I feel like um, he you know, his experience and sort of, sort of. Um, the way he has traveled, so to speak, right, going to Charlotte to play this game. Dave, let's start with you. What are your general thoughts on this matchup? 
Um, obviously, the bigs are, are going to the the post situation is going to dominate. I think a lot of the conversation, but in general, what's what's your what's your sort of view on it, and what are your expectations? It's going to be a good game. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, interesting. I mean, they do kind of hit all the. If you've got concerns about you know, if you share my concerns, this team's going to test it, and you hit on it. Um, I'm trying to remember how many six ten guys they have on the roster. I think it's five that play. Yeah, Samuel. Condon Hall, yeah, they got five of them. Um, so, and then their their guards are athletic. So, look, I expect Virginia to win this game. I think it's gonna, you know, it's going to be a challenge. Yeah, I think Virginia is a little bit better shooting team. Um, Florida struggled from the line the other night too, from the free throw line, and you know, and are a little less. Yeah, they like to run, and Virginia's, you know, try as you might, that's not something you do well against Virginia. Um, you might, yeah, you might be able to score on this team a little easier than some of the teams in the past, but you're not going to do it in 13 seconds, which I think was their average possession. Yeah, they were last running game. and gunning. First yeah, game. so um, good luck with that. If <laughs> I mean, it's, look, I mean, I think it's a great matchup. It just, yeah, Virginia couldn't have known when they scheduled this. You know, when this game got scheduled, how, you know, what they were going to be facing, given all the transfers Florida and UVA ended up with. But yeah, I think it's. It's great. I mean, if you think about this, the teams, like we, we saw them play Tarleton State. If we could have seen the secret scrimmages, maybe I'd be a little less concerned than a, you know, or, or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A little less, uh, I don't want to say pessimistic. Fire everyone? Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> no, 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 not fire everyone. Um, you know, if I'd seen those, maybe I'd be a little less concerned about this team kind of reaching its potential, but Friday night, I think they'll have a chance to to show exactly what they can do because I do think if you know if everyone plays up to their potential, this Virginia team is very good, and I don't know how you know there there is a world that exists, and probably I'm hoping we'll see it Friday night where Virginia dictates the matchups here. Um, you know, you can have all those bigs, but can they guard our guys from the three point line in? Um, so it, it's going to be fun. Hopefully I'm not in such a bad mood after Thursday night game that I can get excited for it. So we'll find out. Maybe you can use it as an opportunity to flush the Thursday game <laughs> with a nice Friday DJ Steve. Um, yeah. I mean, I think everything Dave said about the matchup is true. Florida's breaking in a lot of new guys. So, I mean, like it, this is going to be new to them too, and it's going to be a big challenge for them. And the team they played in the opener is probably worse than Tarleton state. So, you know, we don't really know what they are yet. I think the two bigs will be an interesting challenge, um, assuming they're playing two together because it seems like they did last game. Um, that'll be an interesting challenge for UVA, see what they do. But like you guys said, I think maybe UVA can go, can kind of make them guard out on the outside. I think this is a game where like Ryan Dunn's probably going to have to have a big game um, because, you know, you would hope that if you have like Samuel guarding him or something, you know, he's pulling him away from the basket. He's going to have to kind of go to work on him um, because you need to take advantage of that matchup. If if that's what you're, if you're getting Samuel out of an uncomfortable, or like into an uncomfortable position or whatever, you know, that that's where you need to take advantage. And and it'll be interesting to watch the guard play because Florida's got some, uh, obviously a young guard that's very good and some older guard transfers that are good. Um, and UVA's got a, an experienced, talented backcourt. So I think this will be a nice game between 
those groups, it's probably going to come down to like outside shot, you know, making, um, you know, and I think UVA probably has a better shooting team than Florida just based on like looking at rosters, but you know, it's a one game thing. So I, it's one of those games to me too, where it's, it's a really fun challenge early in the season to take on. Um, it's a great opportunity for like a quad one win, um, considering it's on a neutral court or quad two at the worst. Um, but you know, it's not the end of the world if you lose it either. I mean, teams lose these games and come back and have great seasons. So, um, it'll be a great test for this group though. And then next week you, you would imagine that they're able to kind of handle their business against some, uh, not so great competition. So, um, if they can get this one, they're definitely going to get off to a, a good start to the season. Yeah, I mean, Florida has a lot of really intriguing pieces. It's funny because we th- we talk about Samuel and um, however you say the kid's name, Hank Lukathan. Um, it's one of those names you just say really fast just in case. But the Condon kid, the freshman, it's like 6'11", 230. I mean, a pretty solid, um, you know, first game. Um, you know, he plays uh, – I mean, obviously – there's going to be a lot of focus on the other two kids simply because of their experience. But I, I think the thing about Samuel, listen, I'm probably, I was probably, when I saw he was available, I was like, oh my gosh, he really needs to go get that kid. Cause I remember him and he, you know, but at the end of the day, like he, he wasn't exactly, you know, filling it up for Seton Hall. Right. Like, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't pushing for he's a solid know. player. He's a yeah. solid. Right. That's what my point. But he's right? a, he's, he's like, at Florida. He's not at Kentucky. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's ex- exactly right. Like he, he landed at Florida, you know, because just like he could have landed in Virginia transfers that, you know, land at Florida are not the same necessarily at Kentucky or Duke or Carolina. You know, that's just the the, the way it rolls. Right. Um, I know that's like a, you know, a thing we don't like to say out loud. We talk Virginia basketball, but I don't know. I just I, it's it's really going to be in some ways. I, I, I wonder if Virginia's just inherent, you know, can you prepare for the pack line in a short amount of time, even when you're talented and big, you know, cause I mean, they're going to, they're, they're going to, they're going to put some pressure on those guys. I think this is a game where you really do need to see to today's point about Dunn. You not only need to see Dunn have a good game, but I think you also need to see bond and the way that they, those two pieces sort of complement each other. Um, you know, we've seen a little bit of a blueprint for this back in, in the Dre Braxton days, right. Where Tony would, would, would basically have them bounce back and forth between offensive and defense of who's the, who's kind of like the three, four and who's the four, three. Right. And he would use them, you know, from a matchup standpoint to essentially um, frustrate the crap out of whoever they were playing. And they, they, he used that several times throughout the, that season. And, and I kind of hope that that's where he can get to with bond and, and, and done in the sense of like, they're similar in some ways and not in other ways. And so I, I, I like the potential of being able to pair them. The question is, if you're pairing them, right, um, what does that mean for the rest of the of the lineup, especially if they're playing, like, heavy minutes? Um, I saw – I mean, I, listen, what I saw from Bond last night confirmed to me that he's everything that everybody's whispered that he was, right? He's, he's 6'5", but he plays bigger than that. He he's only 200 pounds, but he feels like he's bigger than that. Can he hold his position against actual bigger guys? That's the question, right? Um, and I think that's the thing he's got to answer, not just in this game, but as the season goes on. But I think it really comes down to shooting. I mean, Rhodey's got to shoot well. I think McNeely's got to shoot well. I think they've got to get, um, you know, they got to get something from Groves as well. I think he's Groves. I think is probably going to end up being like the, the. Um, 
the he can the, swing a game. Well, he, yeah, like yeah. it's like the, the you know you, you, in a lot of these situations, right? There's that that mystery box, you know, and you're never really sure what you're going to get game to game. And, right. uh, the, you know, you can call it a wild card, you can call it whatever, but like he, he really could be the difference in a lot of these games because as we saw with BBP last year, right? Like when he played well, Virginia was just a very different team. Um, I think this team is more talented than that team, but I also think that it's, it's, it's inexperience at times can, can obviously be a problem if, if uh, you know, they come against the right squad and Florida looks like a, Bigger, more physical uh, team. So I'm, I'm really curious to sort of watch play out. Do you guys want to do predictions or you just want to like, if, or do you want to just tell me who you think is going to win and why, as, as opposed to picking a score? Kim Palm has it. Kim Palm has it 69, 68 UVA with a um, 64, excuse me, 57% chance uh, winning percentage or whatever you call it. Yeah. Which changed after last night because Florida was favored prior to last night. But yeah, I said, I've got Virginia winning it by a few. Yeah, I would I say really have a score. I would say UVA by like four or five points. Um, I'm expecting it to be a contested game. I mean, there's it's just so hard to say because I mean, there's also you know we don't know where these two teams are exactly. So UVA could blow them out, or Florida could blow UVA out, and then all of a sudden, I mean, I don't expect that latter result. But um, yeah. well, then, it, well mean, if they if they blow them out, then we kind of are back on that 2021. Plan where but it's yeah, like, <laughs> well, it's the same coach too. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, that forget, that's right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Towson game all over again. But also like you know neutral court. But I, I think too, you know, we look at these games now and we're like, oh, we expect Florida to be this, and it's like we, you know, in March we might look back and be like, that was a huge win for them, or we could look back and be like, Florida's thirteen and seventeen. The, that <laughs> didn't matter at all. Um, the nature know, of the beast in the early season. Um, yeah, it should be a good one. Yeah, and I, I think I agree with what you guys are saying. I expect UVA to win about several points. The difference for me is going to be how many minutes does Buchanan play? How well does he play when he's on the floor? Can Tony keep him out there? I think the more minutes he plays, the better sign that is, right? If he if we look at the stat sheet after the game and Buchanan played seven minutes, that's probably a bad sign. Well, let me rephrase. If he played like seven minutes, it's either a terrible sign or it's an incredible sign, right? Because they were able to go small, and when they went small, they basically just feasted. Otherwise, you really want to be able to see him play. And I think that because of his back, and this is one of these things that's interesting because Virginia's not had, we talked a lot about this, right? Not had a big man who played as a freshman who was like a key cog, who sort, you know what I'm saying? Like that kind of guy. We've not seen guys come out of the gate and just do that. They, they have always been seasoned veterans by the time that they really made those contributions. The thing that's different about Buchanan from some of these other guys, I think, is like, not only because of his sort of skill set, but also sort of the, his experience with basketball. Like, I think that's one of the things that's a little bit undervalued when it comes to him is that like he played in a lot of these games with a lot of talented players. And I think that that kind of thing just makes you better. doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to get to his ceiling faster, but I do think that he's going to be able to do a lot of things early on that it, some guys at that position sort of struggle to do early on, right? Like if he has, he has a good sense of his body, right? Like he doesn't look like a baby gazelle out there trying to walk for the first time, right? He he has a he like I said before, I think his hands are pretty solid. Um, actually, that's not a good descriptive for good hands. His hands are pretty good. Yeah, they're um, rock solid, right? You don't want them to be solid. You want them to be nimble. Um, but I just feel like that he has a lot of tools that I think can work even early in his career and I think can be really beneficial to him. So yeah, I would take the who's by, you know, four or five points. Um, should be a really good game and I'm excited to, to see how it all unfolds. 
I think that is a very good place to put a pin in it. Um, if you're somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your shows. And if you're still inclined to give us a rating or review, we appreciate it. If you're somebody out there who's not given us a look at the website yet, check us out at CapsCorner.com. Football, basketball, lots of places to talk about all the different things. Um, yeah, there's trust me, there's somebody out there who's yelling the same thing you're yelling. Um, so there's safety in numbers, so go do that. I want to thank all of you out there for supporting the show. And, of course, I want to thank Dave and Ferber for being graciously. Their time, as always, I very much appreciate all that they do. So for David Spence, Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon. Yeah.